Hey guys, welcome back to Yoke Christian Podcast. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about John the Baptist and a little bit about what he did, you know, his purpose. And then, of course, we're also going to talk a little bit more about um, later in either this episode or next episode, maybe a little bit about Jesus' uh, first sermon. So it's going to be really exciting. And I uh, hope you all, you know, I guess enjoy it. Cody, do you have anything you want to say or add to it? I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, yeah. I know we've been pretty stoked for today. It's okay. uh yeah, I know Matthew three and four is where it really gets uh gets it's where it know, starts de- picking up. Yeah, yeah. So and genealogy. it's exciting. Yeah, the genealogy, it's not that exciting. So now it's <laughs> yeah, I was getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. It's so tough to read genealogy too, because it it's is. like it's, father it's, of Yeah, it's father of, father of, father of exactly. father of no, it's so repetitive too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll just jump right on into it. So uh, Matthew chapter three, it's it's super simple starting out. Uh, it we kind of jump from so previously where we left, left off in Matthew chapter two was uh, Joseph and his family, of course Jesus. They fled. I guess a recap. They they left uh, Bethlehem, went to Egypt. Egypt went back to Israel. Left mm-hmm. e- Israel immediately, and then they went back to, or then they left and went to 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 Nazareth, and so. Then all of a sudden, Matthew chapter 3 starts, and it's almost 30 years later. So we don't really see much of necessarily Jesus' childhood in the, in the book of Matthew. But the reason for that is because, like we said previously, is Matthew is very analytical, and his, his book is strictly, yeah, yeah. strictly just to be like, look, this is how we know Jesus is Messiah. Because keep in mind, the Jews back at, at this point, they didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't, so, you know, he had to do some convincing. So. Now we're here. Um, John the Baptist. Okay, it's where it, st- it starts out talking about John the Baptist. Um, so John the Baptist is actually he's walking around and he's uh, teaching these people. He's preaching this this lesson and it's repent of your sins for the kingdom of heaven is near. And that's in verse two, um, which is you know referring back to to Matthew and how uh, he's proving that the Messiah, that Jesus is the Messiah. This is yet another prophecy. From Isaiah uh, chapter forty, when he because John is going preparing the way that fulfills a prophecy, so it's crazy. Um, and then in verse four, it says that uh, this is something interesting about John is he wore ratty clothes, like he was wearing camel hair and leather. Um, and then it says that he ate locusts and wild honey, like that. This man lived in the wild. Yeah. Oh, in the chosen, they kind of talk about that, and they all just like think of how crazy that is. Like, yeah, I mean, that sounds crazy to us. I mean, back then, I was like, oh, maybe that's just a normal thing. But they probably thought that was weird, too. Like, first off, yeah. it's not easy to catch a locust because they can fly and stuff. That's a good so, point. So, I don't know. I'm assuming it was a dead locust. I don't know. But still, like, it just sounds so gross. Just, you guys want some locusts and honey, you know? Just Yeah, that's so. even worse. Oh, I just had a thought. So, you know Bear Grylls, like, he used to eat, like, grasshoppers and stuff yeah. all the time. And so, if I remember, right, and I haven't seen this this episode in like obviously ten or fifteen years because it's not popular anymore. But he would like rip the head off and be like, "Oh, oh you, he's like, oh, you can't eat that because it's uh, you know, it's you, the uh, the guts they're not good or something, you know, something along those lines." Right? Like, <laughs> I love the accent, really, thanks. really good there. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I have an awful British accent. I have a decent <laughs> Australian. He's Australian. Oh, is he? I think so. All I right, thought let me, so. Let Maybe me get character for a second. Kangaroos, right. wallabies. All right. So uh, my name is Bear Grylls, <laughs> and uh, what I like to do is I like to eat grasshoppers and uh, keep uh, – anyway, so I'm wasting time. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like eating a dead locust or a dead grasshopper or whatever, I feel like that would be even more disgusting than like a yeah. live one. Hey, he put honey in it though, so, you know, it evens out. <laughs> that's funny yeah this is just a little bit of sweetener with it you know it's yeah like you sweet, know, it's, sweet and low right <laughs> it's really good protein i mean they have to be they're they're a good size aren't they they're i guess I mean, so yeah i mean i'd imagine so i mean like 
I've seen some grasshoppers down here, you know, where they're like four inches long. Yeah, I mean, so I, well, maybe a little imagine bit less. The crunch than that. though. Just, Ooh. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, and then imagine the texture of that too. And this probably makes yeah. some people. Oh, oh man. gosh, I've the had crunch crickets before, this. but yeah. locusts—they're just—they're bigger and just. They're, oh. yeah. mm, mm, mm. Nope. I, uh, I had a class my freshman year in college, and and uh, he was teaching us about, I guess, like how they're trying to move away from meat because the the cost what? or like the the production of meat is yeah. just like so crazy or whatever. So they're like, yeah, they're like, we, hey. we learned about that. Like, oh yeah, this year. Um, and so he's just like, hey, let's just try crickets. And so he gave us like these chips that were that were made of crickets. And it was the weirdest thing. It actually tasted pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, those are the best kind of teachers, though. The ones that like, like he, oh, paid, yeah. he paid for the chips out of pocket, which granted, they were expensive chips. And it was probably yeah, like, like $8 I bet, I bet a bag. So. I mean, they were cricket chips. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, so it's pretty neat. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll get back to it, Matthew chapter three. So uh, he was like, he wore ratty clothes, like. I mean, if he he lives he in the a wild, right? Man. A very messy man eating uh eating juicy <laughs> locust. Yeah, and, with honey. But he, yeah, <laughs> but he, here's my thought: is that like, if some some wild man comes around, right? Yeah, expe- yeah. Am I gonna listen to him? I think he's, I'm gonna think he's especially crazy. when he's like, "Oh, repent, repent, the end is near." You know, like <laughs> exactly. You, you exactly. see, like like pictures or videos of people doing that, like homeless people. Like I, yes, you could say. And you just think, oh, they're kind of crazy. Yeah. I, mean, well, I don't you, know, but yeah. You, you say that, but like, it's so true. And when you think about Jesus, like he traveled around all the time. Like if, mm-hmm. we, if, if Jesus was alive today, he wouldn't be, you know, Billy Graham. He wouldn't be <laughs> anybody that's on the stage. He would be a, a hobo. Because you don't think he'd take a private jet? Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. He'd definitely take a private <laughs> yeah, jet. Yeah. Hey, the word God guides, he provides, man. God's going to give that's him a right. jet. That, well, <laughs> You know, he can do all things. Well, I guess yeah, him, through, himself can do all him things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so people actually listened to him and uh, said that, you know, people actually kind of followed him around. But that comes around later. Um, yeah. But then in verse seven, um, he came across a, a group of Pharisees or Sadducees. Right. And if you're unfamiliar with that, it's basically people that were familiar with the law. They were uh, basically mm-hmm. the, the pastors. Right. So they knew that the Bible at that point, they knew at least the Old Testament portion. And so he actually called them a brood of vipers. Right. So, um, yeah. Do you know anything about what that means? Um, I, I don't know what it means. I, I have no clue. I guess I'm guessing it means like the, the teeth of the vipers, like they're just coming to destroy, not destroy, I guess, to, in, to enforce, I guess. I don't know. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Um, so in the, when you're reading the context, you can tell that it's definitely an insult, yeah. um, but that didn't suffice. So I wanted to figure out more about what it meant. And so I looked into it. And so, of course, vipers are venomous. Um, and, of course, mm-hmm. since they're Sadducees, they're very familiar with Genesis and they're very familiar with how Satan appeared as a snake. Right. So yes. in their times, vipers were, of course, evil. They were venomous. And it was uh, they recognized that it was a that he was basically um, referring them or like calling them Satan, right? So he's like, he, you can tell he doesn't like them. And yeah. then also, this is where it kind of gets a little bit more interesting. Also, when farmers burned their land in preparation for the next uh, next farming season, they uh, they would often see snakes fleeing like out of the grass or out of their uh, their crops. They're, like they're they're burning it, right? So they're running from the That'd fire. That'd be spooky. I don't know about you, but I hate snakes. <laughs> like, oh, right? I hate that. Right. But even worse is he, they'd see flocks of them. So he, he says that, or at least what I was looking at, said that they would see snakes fleeing, but they weren't fast enough to escape the fire. Oh. 
So he's calling them these snakes, but these snakes, they're, they're running from the truth. Get this. They're running from the truth. They're running from the fire, but they're not fast enough to escape it. So the, he was preaching that the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus yeah. is coming. And they were, they were just wow. too slow to run away from it. Yeah. That's what yeah, I love about the Bible. Stuff. Like it all connects. Like it's so like well thought, well planned out and it mm-hmm. all works so well. Yeah, and then if you watch the Chosen, they they reference yeah. the brood of vipers in it too, and um, it's He's funny a crazy because man on the Chosen, he looks like a crazy yeah. man. I'd yeah. imagine that's what he looked like though, because he was in the wild, sure. like just yeah. chilling in the wilderness. So I, I, he had to be a little messy. Yeah, and I love how in the Chosen, like he really just popped up out of nowhere, you know? Because yeah. I scared, I forgot who it was, but he scared him, like in the middle of the wilderness too. Like that's yeah, so funny. yeah. They were uh, that's like the the newest episode, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. just walking and. He just jumps out and scares them. And Jesus is yeah. like, oh, it's just you, you know? Yeah. And then oh, when they're yeah. sitting on the log and he's talking to, to John or John the Baptist and, he, and they mention the brood of vipers thing, right? But it's yeah. funny because G- uh, Jesus is mentioning that exact, you know, phrase to John. And then that's a little bit of foreshadowing. But, but Jesus also uh, calls some Pharisees or Sadducees a brood of yeah. vipers later in Matthew as well. So Aren't it's they, just. They're, they're cousins, correct? Him and They John? are. They are. Okay, cousins. That's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Um. So, but uh, I had a separate thought just a second ago, but we'll get dive into that later when we get uh, deeper into the Bible. But um, so then, and that's, that's verse seven, uh, verse I nine. I love this next part. Yeah. Um, well, you want to talk about it? No, not this part. I'm sorry. I'm, the baptism part. I'll, I'll talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, you. That's, that's um, a little, I got a little ahead. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. So verse nine, it says that uh, we're safe. We're descendants of Abraham. So like, um, so John is talking and um he's trying to gain the attention of people. If I remember, it might, might, might not be John talking. Um, but he, so he's talking to people who, cause I'm writing, I'm looking at my notes and he's talking to people that are saying, Oh, we're safe. You know, we're saved. Uh, we're descendants of Abraham. Right. And so, but John is like, no, just because you're a descendant of Abraham does not make you saved. So the equivalent to like this to make it more yeah. relatable to us is like, just because we go to church, just because our parents are saved does not mean that we are saved. Yeah, the way I like to say it is this isn't a religion, it's a relationship. We need to have a relationship with Jesus, you know? Absolutely. That's, yeah. I, I always love that. It's relationship over religion. Like, yes, on the outside, sure, this mm-hmm. is a religion, but you really want a relationship because there's going to be a day when you finally go to Judgment Day and God, and they're going to say, Lord, we did all these things, you know, we prophesied in your name. God, we casted out demons in your name. And he's going to say, Lord, uh, he's, no, he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you because we That's didn't get the time so to know him. Yeah, I that's, like that's so gonna be the tough. scariest thing to hear. I know, Depart like, for I never knew you. Oh, okay. So, I really want to talk more about that when we talk about faith tonight in our, in okay, our next I'll, I'll episode. I'll save that then. I'll save okay. that. I have a whole tangent to change. Perfect. Perfect. Please because, tune in for that episode, guys, because oh, I'm gonna go off. Yeah, like <laughs> that, that. That's gonna be a fantastic episode. Um, but I, I just opened up my Bible to make sure I could verify um, who's speaking here. Um, yeah, so, so it's not Jesus, 14, I believe. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. Um, so your parents can't save you. But then also in verse 10, it says that trees without good fruit will be chopped down. So this is also mentioned in Matthew chapter 7 and um, verses 17 through 20, right? And so the trees and fruit mean a lot, okay? So uh, Matthew chapter 7, when, when uh, at least in this context, it's saying that that's how you can determine if somebody is a false prophet is you can look at their fruit. So it says that a good tree will bear good fruit and a bad tree will bear bad fruit, mm-hmm. but a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a good tree 
cannot, or sorry, a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So just as you identify a tree by its fruit, you identify people by their actions. So if you ever wonder, so like I hear a lot of these people like calling out, you know, a ton of big name pastors like, I don't know, Joel Osteen, uh, yeah. Steve, Stephen Furtick even, and uh, Greg Locke. And I, it, the list goes on and on and on, right? Yeah. Even Billy Graham, right? So people are just, people are very quick to slander by saying, hey, they're a false prophet. But here's yeah. the thing. We cannot judge somebody's heart. That's, that's exactly, God's job. Exactly. That's well, God's yeah. job. And now we're all human. We all make mistakes. So like if you, if you hear somebody, you know, in a sermon, like if, if the listeners to this podcast hear us make a mistake, we obviously didn't try to make a mistake, right? So like, I don't know. I feel like if, uh, if somebody makes a mistake on, on stage, uh, I'm not going to condemn them for that when I don't yeah. know if it's a mistake or not, if that's a you know, matter of their heart. Issue. I, I don't know. That's God's job. So, yeah. um, but what we do is we're able to judge other Christians, not, not necessarily everybody, but only other Christians. And then yeah. also from that is we can judge based on their actions, their faith, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, I gotta get that. Yeah. So anyways, I'll, I'll probably talk too much about that, but no, 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 you're good. But uh, we can, we can judge a person by their fruits. We know, you know, we know their heart by their actions, you know, it's, it's from the inside out, you know? Um, but anyways, so I'll keep moving. Um, but then verse 11, it says, it talks a little bit about baptism. Um, mm-hmm. So baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. Yeah, It's like a public declaration. Like I am saved. I am new. You know, I am, I'm committed to giving my life to Christ pretty much. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. And I, the way I used to say this to my youth was, um, so obviously when I got married, right. Uh, I yeah. gave my wife a wedding ring or a wedding band and she gave me one. So I wear this wedding, wedding ring, wedding ring. <laughs> wedding and ring? Exactly. Hey, don't make fun of me. <laughs> um, but no, I wear it. And obviously it symbolizes this marriage. So just yeah. as I got baptized, it symbolizes wow. my relationship with Christ. And so That's it's an outward. It. Yeah, exactly. And it's just an outward sign. And so, oh. um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, people, especially uh, people that I know that like, I don't know, I guess churches don't really teach the necessity of baptism, but we will t- today. Um, yeah. If not, if not now, then in a yeah. second, um, I've got it notes or in my notes somewhere, but um, I just, people just kind of glance over, it, you know, but like, just as in, like, can you imagine? Okay. Imagine I go, I don't know, hang out with the boys, right. One weekend yeah. and, I, and <laughs> I forget, and I forget my ring. Do you know how mad my wife will be? Oh, I bet she, yeah, but you yeah. wouldn't hear about it. You wouldn't ever stop hearing about it. That's right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and don't act like I hadn't done it on accident already. So like, I know I get in trouble. And oh, so like, yeah, like, yeah, that was a good talk. yeah well, when you first get married, it's kind of, I don't know, it's easy to forget because you're not used to it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so like, just as my wife would get mad that I didn't wear my ring, I don't know. I feel like we should broadcast that we've been baptized the same, you know, like, cause that's, like, like I said, it's the public display of our faith and uh, at least a public display of that inward change. And so, um, but I don't know if, if you've, uh, if you've gone over this next verse, it's, it's Matthew chapter three, verse 12, but he, he starts, it starts kind of talking a little bit differently. Like it, it's, it definitely uses some old timey lingo. So it says that, um, let me just read it actually. And then I'll, I'll kind of explain yeah. it. Um, so verse 12, it says he is, this is net or a new living what? translation. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, so he is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never ending fire. 
So it, it's kind of weird there. Like, like it makes sense, but like, what does he mean, right? Yeah. So when it says that he will separate the chaff, which is the burn part of the uh, of the wheat or from the wheat, right? Okay. Um, and then he's going to also separate the wheat, the wheat. Hello, the wheat from his pitchfork <laughs> or with his pitchfork. Yeah. And then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering his wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. So grain, grain of, of, of course, useful, right? Um, and chaff is the, the worthless outer shell. The chaff is what's burned, okay? And then grain is gathered, and in context referring to judgment. Um, so this is what he's trying to say. He's saying that unrepentant people will be judged and discarded because they don't do God's work. Yes. So he's comparing people to the chaff because, you know, you just throw the chaff out. It burns. Yeah. And so he's saying that these unrepentant people. So it's, it's super important to repent. Yeah. You know, to, and I, I've been wrong about this. And I, when I was reading this chapter, I was like, babe, I've been wrong this whole time because I was talking to my wife. And uh, I was like, I've been saying, like, in order to be saved, you just you know have to believe that Christ is the Messiah. And which isn't necessarily wrong, but it's not completely right. You have to yeah. also repent. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. For sure. But like there's just the belief and also mm-hmm. repentance. That's that's the main thing. And we'll get into uh, in the next episode. We'll talk a little bit more about the repentance because that's what that was Jesus's first sermon. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so he's saying that unrepentant people will be judged and discarded just like the chaff is because they don't do God's work. And then those who repent like the wheat, they will uh, be stored or they will be saved. And uh, I just I, I don't know. I love the analogies that the Bible provides. Um because I mean, I feel I feel like once you truly dive down into it and you look at what they meant by it and all that fun stuff, it just yeah, it just I, makes things so much more sense. What? Go ahead. I've I've had this talk with someone where I feel like once you're saved and once you actually follow Christ, you, you the Bible starts making more sense. Because I know before I was yes. saved, I read the Bible and I had no idea what was going on. But once I got saved, I actually understood like Jesus and everything. The Bible's like, oh, okay, this is all making sense now. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's just my point of view, at least. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's it's almost as if <laughs> almost as if it's almost as if the Holy Spirit is with you and, and gives you understanding. <laughs> oh yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, oh, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, and it's and I don't know if we should talk about it now or if it should be another video because it's probably gonna be a complicated subject, but the Trinity, right? Mm. So we talk about these Dude, things. That's all the time. a whole video there. Yeah, I'll yeah, it is. What. So we won't we won't touch much on it, but uh well how, how would you briefly describe the Trinity? God is all of them, but they're not all God. Okay. That's yeah. that that's like the only easiest way I can explain it. Yep. Because it's so confusing. Mm-hmm. But it's such an important thing. Yeah. And I, I know it's a, a huge disconnect for people that like you said, they, yeah. they read the Bible and don't understand. And um, that's, yeah, that's one thing that really throws people off. Like, how is God Jesus, but Jesus isn't God? You know, it's It's contradicting. Yeah. 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 So and uh, very similarly, similarly to you, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. The best way I can understand it is something along the lines of God almost being like this all-encompassing term that describes all the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But each of those individually are separate, but yet they're connected by the, the term yeah. of God. Uh, it, it's, that's, this would be a whole separate video for sure. Yeah, that, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, but – but just for this context, for, for this episode here, just to kind of understand. So the Holy Spirit, the way it comes into play is, is once you uh, become saved, the Holy Spirit lives within you. And yeah. so um, when we're saying that when we read the word, the Holy Spirit get, helps us understand the word, 
it's because the Holy Spirit now lives within us. And, and so it just kind of helps so, us along. Um, so, so question then, uh-huh. do you think we can ever lose the Holy Spirit? <laughs> All right. So now you're trying to get into the faith episode already. Um, uh, do you want to save that? Cause, or do you want to I'll touch on a it. simple answer? I'll touch on it. A uh, simple answer that I uh, will explain, I guess we will probably explain a little bit later. Um, if you are truly saved, no, you, you can't yeah. lose it. I think I'm, I'm with you there. I think maybe it's not as loud, but it's a little quieter. You know sure. what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's like, for example, I think you were talking about this, Well, when you read your word, you have more like, I don't remember what you're, you're talking about something. How about if you're in the Bible more, this happens more or something like, mm-hmm. I don't remember. You were talking about something. It was like my, about the visions that I, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So the more you're involved with God, the more God will talk to you. I feel like, so it's like mm-hmm. Holy spirit a little bit. Yep. Yeah, so a little bit about that. So, like, obviously we're made after God's image, right? And so yeah. Um, so my wife, um, she she doesn't really like to reach out to people to ask if, like, they want to hang out or whatever. But, like, if they reach <laughs> out to her, then she'll want to hang out, right? Yeah. And it's not like she doesn't want to hang out with people that don't reach out to her. She does. She just doesn't want to ask first. And so, yeah, uh, I, get that. I, I don't know, I guess it's kind of similar to, like, this where, I don't know, if if – Oh, if, yeah, yeah. if you reach cool. out to God, then he'll want like he'll reach out to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. He um, wants you to talk to him. That's all God wants. He just wants like exactly even if it's like a simple conversation, because like when I wake up, I'm like, oh, good morning, God. How you doing? Like I have the most simple conversations with God. It's not like, yep. oh, thy father in the, you know, it's just like, oh, hey, God, or like something yep. will happen through the day. I'm like, oh, thanks for letting that happen, God. You know, it's just simple mm-hmm. stuff. OK, so I'm going to talk about that. So you said thank. Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are like well, how can you be, be glad or how can you be, thank a God for all the bad in this world, you know? But it's mm-hmm. like, well, we're supposed to be thankful in every situation, not for yeah. every situation. So, like, I can't – there's a difference in between being thankful for something bad that happened uh-huh. and there's a difference in being thankful in every situation. Yeah, I can give you a whole episode on faith and trials, man. Yeah, love We're going to have a long episode for that faith one. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a <laughs> good episode. Yeah, no, I'm stoked for that one. So if y'all listen to this one, finish this episode. Uh, watch the next one too, because there's gonna be one uh, before the the faith episode. Um, but anyways, let's uh, let's move right along. So right, the then, baptism and, of Jesus is next. Yeah. Oh, so, I love this. <laughs> so verses thirteen through fifteen mm-hmm. is when John baptizes Jesus. So oh, could you imagine like being the man that baptizes Jesus? I know. Oh I my know. gosh, dude. I know. Like Jesus said to him, like, no, I need to do this. You know, like, oh, it's so cool. Like, I couldn't imagine Jesus being like, hey, man. I mean, it says in mine, it says, allow it for now, because this is the way to us fulfill all righteousness. Like, yep. Oh, that's so cool. But John, he was like, you know, no, you need to baptize me. Please baptize me. And Jesus mm-hmm. is like, nobody, you're supposed to baptize me. Like, yeah. oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I, uh, I like the way that your version read it. Mine says uh, the, new, the NLT says, um, yeah, I, got I guess the, to make sense of my standard Bible. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, I just uh, study Bible, so it's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so John hesitated to baptize Jesus, of course, like you were saying. And then yeah. um, through that hesitation, Jesus was like, like you said, no, no, like it must happen. And then mm-hmm. Jesus said, my version says, we must carry out all that God requires. Yeah. So this goes back to like people that haven't been baptized, but they're like, oh, I'm saved. Well, mm-hmm. yes, you know Jesus, and I'm not denying necessarily your faith, but it, it, Jesus clearly says – we must carry out all that so God requires. So do you think baptism is required then? Based off of that, heck yeah. Um, now, I don't know. So I, I taught my youth. That was probably like six months ago. I was like, um, 
because I had a whole lesson on baptism and I, I told them like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different references as to why baptism is important and why we should. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I, I couldn't necessarily find anything that said otherwise, you know, like, Oh, you don't have mm-hmm. to get baptized. Everything was saying you need to get baptized. Um, and now a part of me wants to be like, Oh no, you know, it's okay. Uh, you don't necessarily need to be baptized, but I mean, I can't it's argue like, with the word. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's one of those like arguments that have been going on for like the Christian community, you could say, for a mm-hmm. long time. For I don't sure. know what side I'm on. I'm just you know on the fence. With, I don't know. Well, I mean, he, here's what I know: the the Bible is the end all, be all. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how should we be baptized? Well, Jesus is the perfect example of everything in life, and he I was know baptized. Baptism of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is really important. I know yep. that for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just I feel like this is one of those yeah. debates that are are is. It's pointless, really, because yeah. if, if we can all agree that Jesus is, um, you know, the, the person that we could strive, obviously we can't be as good as Jesus. But if we strive to be like him, then let's look at what he did. Well, he got baptized, submerged by water. And when he came out, um, well, I guess we'll talk about that in a second. But, I mean, he says it right oh, here yeah. and there. We must carry out all so that God requires. Do you think, like, well, where was I going with this? Do you think there's a wrong and a right time to be baptized in? Because I know, like, I, I feel, I don't know. You don't um, that at all? Does that make sense at all? Yeah, in regards to age, I would say no, there's no wrong or right time. But in regards to uh, location in uh, your salvation or in your faith. Yeah, yeah that's so where like, I was going with. Like, say, you know, you're just completely living for the world. Like, oh, I'm going to get baptized or I'm saved. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it doesn't mean anything then if you're just mm-hmm. – because the point of baptism is to leave yourself down there and come up with the new, you know? Exactly. So yeah, I, I feel like mm-hmm. you need to be, you know – at least uh, trying to be on the right path, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, your heart definitely has to be in the right spot. And that's what, yeah. that's what the entire, and I love this. I love this, this, the, the way the book is structured because God is after our heart. Yeah. Like he judges the heart, you know? And uh-huh. uh, okay. I have an analogy. Okay. It has to do with the heart. I didn't prepare this. I like um, analogies. Send it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> because the heart's so important, right? Yes. Um, so here's my thought. And I, like I said, I have a little bit of a medical background. So, uh, just a little uh, preface here. Um, the heart, its sole duty is to pump blood out to the body. Um, yeah. Specifically in this analogy, I'm going to say the cells, right? Because that's basically where the blood ends up going. Um, there's a, so blood carries oxygen. Uh, when you breathe, the uh, blood goes up to your lungs through the capillaries and all that fun stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, alveoli. Um, it'll pick up the oxygen. Um, and then the blood will then go back down to your heart, be pumped down out throughout the rest of the body. And so then the oxygen that was on the blood, the blood cells, uh, specifically the red blood cells, um, goes to those cells, hydrates essentially with the oxygen. Um, oxygenates, I guess, is the proper term for that. Yeah, um, oxygenates, I think that's yeah. the word. I've heard um, that before. Oxygenates the cell, and then the cell is, of course, now able to continue to live, right? So in this analogy, so here's what the entire gospel is in this analogy. Ready? Apart from what I told you last time with the uh, Song of Solomon 8, verse 6, you know, for love is as strong as death, but jealousy into a scrape. Uh, yeah. did, I, did I say that last time? I don't remember. But anyways, so here's so. the analogy. Um, oh, that's another video I could talk about. But okay, <laughs> the analogy is this. Finally, you know, 15 minutes later after talking about it. So yeah. So God is the heart, all right, in this okay. analogy. Okay, and Jesus is the blood. So, so Jesus, being the messenger that he is, Jesus carries the, 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 uh, the oxygen because oxygen is the, the word, right? And so Jesus' sole job is to go out to the cell, to go out to the people, to go out to the Gentiles, the Jews, right, to us. Okay, his sole job is to go out 
fulfill the, uh, the, the cell, which is us, fulfill the cell with the word. So he gives the word to us. He gives us the truth in the whole or in the gospel. Uh-huh. He gives us the truth. And so then we as people, we the cells, we are supposed to absorb that. We're supposed to live it, right? Because the yeah. cell cannot live without that oxygen. And so we're supposed to live the word. And then, of course, not only that, but what, is, what does the blood do after it delivers the word? After, and the same with Jesus. The, uh, Jesus then returns back to God in heaven. So that just as the blood returns back to the heart. So okay, our that's body, a really good. I've never heard that analogy before, but wow. So God gave that to me one day while I was driving to work. And uh, you're talking a little bit about how uh, God speaks to you and stuff. And, and so yeah, what I have to do to, to hear God is, and I don't hear God audibly. Um, yeah, I definitely don't either. I, I've heard people, and I, I, that would be so cool to, be able to hear them right? audibly. But yeah. I get like, not audibly. <laughs> yeah, no. So it, the best way I can explain it is like, so I said previously that God comes in a whisper. And so, which is in Exodus. Yeah. And so I, when Thief I. Thief in the get, night. Isn't that what it says? No, that's it's, it's right there next to it. Um, okay, it's, it's similar like to it. Um, and so I have to when I get in the car because I'm in the car a lot. And so when I get in the car, I just yeah. turn off the music, I turn off the radio, I turn off everything, and I just drive. And I say, okay, God, talk to me. And, you know, I'll start off with a conversation. You know, something yeah. like um, because relationships and conversations and prayer specifically is a two way street. Like it's not just like, dear uh-huh. God, thank you for this. Or sorry, let me start over. Uh, dear God. ABC, God bless me. Thank you for this few weeks. Amen. Um, no prayer. Says, do not be like, don't be like that. It just, it's, yes. I, don't, I don't remember where, and I don't remember the exact context, but it doesn't yep. want us to just be yep. boring, quotation marks, in our prayer. Exactly. Because when you, when it, something becomes repetitive and then it then loses its meaning. And yeah, so, it was talking about how don't be like the, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and be like whatever in prayer. Yeah. I can't remember where um, it says that. I think it's later in Matthew, but. So, but yeah, so I don't, I don't hear audibly. I have to do mm-hmm. that. And then uh, he can, so the best way I can describe it is, so I think fast, right? Like the words yeah. in my head, I, I talk fast too, sadly. And so. It's not like Eminem in my head. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, you're onto something. So like in rap, Uh-oh. when, when Eminem um, is like saying rap, exactly. So Jesus or the Holy Spirit rather, when he's talking to me, it's literally like I get a paragraph of information in my head. That there's no way, even if I try to repeat what was just like the information that was just input in my head, there's no way I could, I could say or think it rather that fast. And so not yeah. only that, but here's the, the on top of that. Um, so some of you are like, OK, well, maybe maybe it's just you. OK, well, here's the thing is whenever that happens, that stuff never contradicts scripture. So that, that's that's the kicker is when you when you want to figure out if God is talking to you. Yeah. Well, is what he's telling you contradicting scripture? Because if it does, then it's not it's not the Holy Spirit talking to you. Then that, that's yourself, or that's the devil lying to you. But if yeah. it aligns with scripture, then that's how you know. Um, it's so cool how God can talk to people in so many different ways. I know, like, dude. There's an endless amount of ways he can reach out and talk to you. Mm-hmm. I love it's so that. crazy. Um, but, anyways, I guess we'll dive back back into it. Got a little sidetracked. Yeah. So Matthew chapter three, verse sixteen. Um, so this is right after Jesus got baptized, right? He says, uh, we must carry out all that God requires. So in verse 16, it says, Jesus rose out of the water. The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. And then verse 17, God then said, this is my son who brings me great joy. Oh, could you imagine? Like you're just, okay. Imagine people just watching the baptism, you know, the heavens open up, you know, like you just hear God's voice, like that hat, that. I can't even imagine how awesome mm-hmm. that would be. So we talked a little bit about the Trinity before, and yeah. I, if I, I might be mistaken, but this is 
if it's not the only place in the Bible where it mentions all three uh, pieces of the Trinity yeah, in one verse. This. Yeah, yes, but it's, you're exactly right. So it says, of course, Jesus, because he he's rose out of the water, the yeah. heavens opened. Then it says the Holy Spirit descended on him. So that's two of the three. And yeah. it says, then God said, this is my son who brings me great joy. That's so cool. Oh, I love that. All three of which, the, and their purpose is yeah. described right here in verse 16 and 17. Like, the, it's, it's so cool. So, I, I mean, what is the Trinity? Well, Jesus is the son. Um, and his job is, of course, to fulfill the gospel. Um, yeah. And then the Holy Spirit, its job is to descend upon the people that are saved <laughs> and dwell yeah. within and, of course, be a part of the, the Trinity. And then God being the Father. Um, ah, it's just it's everywhere, man. I love it. Yeah. I, so. I love like just hearing when it says and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. I love that because there's yes. going to be a day when we go to heaven and he's going to say, good job, my, my uh, well and faithful servant. Like. Yep. God telling me well done is going to be the greatest feeling ever because it was not easy. And it is just going to be so rewarding when he says mm-hmm. well done. And I don't know about you, but like the best compliment or like the best piece of encouragement that somebody can give me is when they say that they're proud of me. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I don't know why that is. I, I don't know if I'm just built that way or if people are built that way. But when somebody says, it's you know, Jared, I, I'm really proud of you. It's just, you know, makes you feel good. Like yeah. you said, um, so I, I like you're Make saying you feel accomplished. Exactly. And when he says, this is my son who brings me great joy, that's the equivalent. It's just, it's yeah. Just, oh, thanks God. You know, um, but I, I guess to describe the, the, the Trinity, maybe one more time after reading that, I guess I just say it's three, three persons, but one essence. It's you like, know? OK, this is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of three in one body wash, shampoo and conditioner? You know, it's <laughs> all one, but it's all different things. Uh, you know? Yeah, I guess that's, so. I guess so. That's the that's the best analogy I got for you. Yeah, I don't know. That might be a little bit too simple to describe, you know, yeah. the Almighty. But uh, <laughs> you're, right. you're on the right track, I think. And I know some people they'll use like water um, as a you know because it has you know three different states. I, oh, I don't really yeah. like this analogy because you know water, um, of course, it, as a solid, it's a ice, and then of course it's liquid. It's it's water that we drink, and then it's also it can be a gas when it's heated up. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like that analogy. I don't like but, that one, no. Yeah. Not but, my forte. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. But, yeah, so, um, well, I did have a question, and it was, so how can we describe God, and how would we describe the Trinity? Um, we kind of already discussed that a little bit, but yeah. if, if you had to describe God the Father, okay, the, that individual piece mm-hmm. of the Trinity, how would you describe him? How would I describe God? See, that's a question I've heard a lot of people ask, and there's always different answers, but the best answer sure. I got is just, every time i think of god i just think of love like that's that's Mm. the one thing that always gets me love like no matter what we do no matter where we are in life god is always there god is always with us you know i was listening to a song on my way to my shooting practice actually and it wasn't a christian song at all but i guess god used it to make me think of him but it said there's a lighthouse along the way that's guiding the lost and broken and that mm. made me just think of God. Like, God is our lighthouse. When we are lost, we are broken. God is there. He is watching over us. He's telling us where to go. It says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, do not trust in our understanding, but trust in him, and he will make our path straight. Mm. That was just my tangent. God is love. Uh, God is a lighthouse. Um, God heals the broken. I, I don't know. Wow. There's a lot of different answers to what is God. Yeah. Everything, I guess. So, I've been saying this for years, but 
Well, I was on the phone with the, our future guest speaker today. Um, <laughs> I don't want to name drop yet. Yep. Um, he said this, and I've never heard anybody else except for me say this. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you what he said. He said, in First uh, John 4, uh, verse 16, it basically just says that God is love. It says, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. God is love, and all who live love Sorry, and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. So it says that God is love, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what do we know about love? Well, love in First Corinthians chapter 13, verse, starting verse 4, says that love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, nor oh, boastful, yeah, we nor proud, nor rude. Yeah, it does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice in it about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and it always hopeful, always endures through every circumstance because love never fails. So here's my thing. We want to know who God is. Well, God is love. And, and so let's just re- yeah. replace love with God. So God is patient. God is kind. God is not jealous, nor boastful, nor proud, nor rude. God does not demand his own way. God is not irritable. God keeps no records of being wronged. Of course, this is for the, the saved. God does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Because God never gives up. God never loses faith. God is always hopeful. And God never fails. God never fails. I love that, dude. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. God is so good. Like how many times, and I don't, I don't know in your life, but how many times have I felt like that God has left, you know? And like, I feel like God, you know, a lot of people believe that, um, that God is no longer with us. Like if, if God actually did create this, this earth, this world, that he's no longer near us, like he left long gone. And so. How could pe- God just leave though? Like, well, I don't he, get well, he did. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, uh, yeah, he's not yeah, gone, yeah, yeah. but, like, how could yeah. people believe that he would just leave? Like, where would he go? Malibu? Like, it's not like he's <laughs> well, just going to vacation. Yeah, but, I mean, here's my thought, man, is, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, I felt like God isn't there before. And so, oh, yeah. when, when it, been there. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, I know everybody can relate to this, but, like, thinking that God has failed is a prevalent thought in the, in the minds of men. And so just knowing that he is love and love never fails, so God never fails. He will never leave nor forsake us. Exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, I was reading my study Bible, and it said God has self-sacrificing love. You know, like he sent his own son to die for us. So, mm-hmm. like, that, that kind of proves that he really does love us. We yeah. are made in his image, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the original plan before, you know, sin entered the world was to just, worship with him all day and walk in a garden with him and just love him you know yeah yeah that's all he wants somebody had to eat the fruit (laughs) (laughs) yeah man have you heard those crazy like uh people are saying oh well the apple actually represented sex and so eve had sex with the devil yeah no people think what yeah he was a snake i don't want to know how that would work (laughs) that's funny but yeah no there's a theory though Mm -hmm. it might be in the bible i don't know don't quote me on this but mm-hmm. they said snakes had legs before, and mm-hmm. God, like, he, uh, not cursed, but he get, he took the snake's legs away mm-hmm. because of Satan. Mm-hmm. No, that's true? what Genesis says. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I wasn't sure yeah. if I read it in Genesis or if I just read it online somewhere. But you want to know what's cool about that? I read this study one time. It was saying that uh, they were studying snake DNA, and they have yeah. the – they're according to their DNA, like snake DNA, they have the ability or they have the DNA – to possess legs but they don't that's so crazy and so dude. the sci- so the scientist was like why do they not have legs if they have if their dna shows it had they have the same strains of dna that you know would would allow them to have legs and so it's just like well 
God took him away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but... cool how, like, science and, like, God works so well together. Like, people are like, oh, no, they're completely mm-hmm. different. But if you actually look into science and look into the Bible, they all mm-hmm. correlate really, really well. We'll have to have an episode where we talk about science and how it oh, relates to the yes. Bible. Oh, yes. I'm writing that down right now. Yeah, good call. That's so um, cool. We'll have to talk about laminin, too. I don't know if you ever heard about that, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I love a uh, Louis Giglio. That's where I got it from. But oh, uh, I love him. He's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know that video. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add to uh, to this Matthew uh, chapter three? No, man. I, okay. I think we covered it all pretty well. All right. Um, go ahead and close us out in prayer. All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for letting us uh, be here and letting us talk about you, God. I know that in some countries, Lord, it's frowned upon to talk about you, God. So thank you for letting us be able to talk about you. Um, Lord, like I always pray, let this hit the right people, the people that need to hear it, God. Let them uh, see this podcast, Lord, and let them know that they are loved, God. See, like Jared said, your love never fails, God. Your love is always there. So, uh, God, uh, watch over us as we enter our daily lives, Lord. Uh, protect our hearts and let us live for you. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Well, thank you all for tuning in, and don't forget to uh, to watch the next episode. But with that being said, y'all have a good afternoon. Y'all stay safe and Godspeed.